Good to be with you, Grace, in the second week of Advent. Ooh, hot mic. It's, it's going to be good. Uh, I'm going to pray, and then we'll get, into, we'll get into the Word this morning. So would you pray with me? God, you are, you are a God who has come to us in Jesus. It's such good news, and we are grateful for that. I ask that this morning you would that you would teach us your ways, ways that are grounded in invitation and love and ultimately transformation. God, I pray that you would speak to us by your spirit, a spirit that reminds us that you are with us always. What a gift that that is. God, thank you for the children who are in here this morning. Thank you for the gift that they are, the joy that they are. May we, be, may we be hospitable, but may we also be willing to learn from them. God, again, we are your creation, creation who are called sons and daughters. Thank you for that name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we are in the second week of Advent, Advent meaning arrival, between, as Beth said, the once arrival of Jesus, God coming to us as Emmanuel, God with us, and then the arrival that will one day be when all things are made new and things are restored. And we find ourselves in, the, in between that. And as I talked about last week, the series title for this Advent is that God is actually with us, or, as you remember, God is with us, but like for real though. So I hope that that sticks. God is with us, but like for real though. So kids, I, actually all the kids look at me, if you can, for a minute. I know you're, you're doing crafts, which is great. I'm jealous. I want to be doing crafts with you. But yeah, that's right. So I want to talk to you for a minute. Because we're going to talk about something that I know that you've already heard about. So we're talking about different aspects of Advent. Last week was hope, but this week is love. We're talking about this idea of because God is with us, it means and shows us that God loves us. Now, you, th you have heard this, but I want you to know that there is no more important thing to hear or to learn. See, we adults, we think we got it. We think we heard it once, so we're good. No, it is the thing to hear all the time. So kids, you have something that you can tell us and show us about God's love. So I'm glad that you're here, and I hope that you can remind us what it means that we are loved by God. So if you want, you can turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 11. That's uh, page 575 in the Blue Bibles that are under your seat. And we're going to talk about this idea of God being with us and how that means we can experience and encounter God's love. And I want to talk about three aspects of God's love this morning. It's a love that finds us, it's a love that stays with us, and it's a love that gives to us. Those are the three elements of love that we're going to explore together. And so I want to read... The first verse of Isaiah 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 1. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. 
So I just want you to get a sense of that image. That a shoot shall come up from a stump. So a stump, you know, if, if you've been, if you've walked around, if you've anywhere really, there's been trees that have been cut down, if you've been hiking, often there are stumps. And sometimes you can see little pieces of growth out of these stumps. Something has been, has been tried to be either decimated or killed for whatever reason, but life finds a way. And so right here in this image of Isaiah, and we talked about last week, this, this prophetic book of Isaiah, which is a, a word both for Israel then, but also a word that becomes reconfigured for us Christians in light of who Jesus is, we see that this is a word of promise. This is a word of God's faithful love to Israel. Now a stump or a shoot coming out of the stump of Jesse, Jesse refers to this, the Davidic kingdom, the kingdom when things in Israel were great, David was wonderful. It was this picture of, of the way that things were supposed to be and of power and of might. And then Israel is, is then, of course, defeated and then taken away in exile. They are cut down. They are like a stump. And then here's this word of promise, that God is not done with Israel, that God's love has not been removed from Israel, but rather there is a promise that something will sprout again out of the stump of Jesse. Now for us as Christians on this side of, of God coming to us in Jesus and the cross and resurrection, things have been reimagined and reconfigured. We see this in light of who Jesus is and we know that Jesus was the Messiah that Israel was waiting for. We know from his genealogy that he is part of the lineage of David, that he is in many ways like a Davidic king, the ultimate Davidic king, that one day again his kingdom and his power and his might will rule and reign. And we know that Jesus and what the Spirit does through Jesus becomes something like a shoot or a sprout from a stump that then includes us. But I think this image, this picture, speaks to God's love that as the psalm over and over talks about is faithful and steadfast. Because God's love is a love that finds us. Now if we look at the story of scripture, we see that God's love is a love that finds us. It is a love that seeks. It is because God's love is a seeking love that the world is created. It is out of God's communal love with the Spirit and with the Son that then new life is created. It is because God's love is a seeking love that even after Adam and Eve rebel, God goes to find them in the garden and he asks, where are you? God's love is a seeking love. It is because God's love is a seeking love that he chooses to work through a rebellious people, Israel, human beings, us, in order to be a blessing to the entire world. It is because God's love is a seeking love that he goes into Egypt for Israel to rescue them from exile. It is because God's love is a seeking love that he then invites an ordinary woman in an ordinary time, in an ordinary place, to then give birth to a son in the most ordinary of circumstances, a manger. 
So ordinary was this, in fact, that people needed to be told in extraordinary ways in order for it to be believed. It is because God's love is a seeking love that he finds each of us in our rebellion, in our apathy, in our sin, in our brokenness, and he breaks those chains and he defeats death. Romans 6, starting in verse 1, says this, What then are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we've been buried with him by baptism into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin, but if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Amen. That is the good news of Advent, is that because God has come to us in Jesus, because his love is a seeking love, because his love finds us, then the, the, the chains and the bondage of sin and death can be broken and destroyed. But it's also because of God's love that then there is good news for the oppressed, for those who are seeking justice, for those who are poor. Let's look again, Isaiah 11, starting in verse 2. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. Because God, God's love is a seeking love, it finds those who are oppressed, those who are poor, those who are experiencing injustice, and the roles are then reversed. The wicked will find themselves destroyed. God himself and Jesus will begin to judge rightly from his justice and his own righteousness. So we see that God's love is a love that finds us, but is also a love that stays with us. See, the good news of Advent is that God is actually with us, that God has come to us, and that's great news. Even more remarkable news is that God stays with us. God stays with us. I mean, consider for a moment your own relationships. Those moments when you feel like somebody has broken trust with you, when somebody has wronged you, when somebody has done something that you feel as if you cannot or do not know how to let it go or forgive. The impulse is to run away, to go hide, to get out from that relationship, to go sleep on the couch. 
I mean, when somebody wrongs us, we want so desperately not to be close. But the good news is not so with God. Even in our rebellion, even in our distancing, God, out of his great love, stays with us. See, God has come to us, but God stays with us. And we see this, we see this in the spirit that he has poured out upon his people. That the reality that God is with us is something that is happening right now. But like for real though. I mean, God's love is a love that understands us in the depths of our despair. Where was God in the face of utter tragedy, death, shame, and complete and utter betrayal? right there in the middle of it on the cross. God's love is a love that stays, and it does not leave, and it does not run away, but it moves, and it finds, and then it stays. That's incredible news. That's the best news in the whole world. Because I know what I want to do in those moments when I've been betrayed, or when I've been abandoned, I want to leave. I want to go away. Man, it's such good news that God is nothing like me. But it's also good news that because of Jesus, I might lean into something a little like God and by his work and his transformation, learn the love, learn the heart, learn the movement of God. See, because God's love stays and it comes to us, we as Christians, so the Bible speaks of this, it pushes out fear. Because where there is love in this way, there is no more room for fear. Because God's love has come to us and because God's love stays with us, fear does not have a place. It just does not fit. I mean, 1 John 4, verse 16, speaks of it like this. God is love. Amen. God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Spend some time in 1 John 4. Spend some time with verse 18. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because God's love is a seeking love that finds us, because God's love is a love that stays with us, the more that it stays, the less fear has room to rule the day. And how amazing would it be to be people who are not marked, who are not shaped by fear, that would be such a gift, and it's possible because God has come to us in Jesus. That is the good news of Advent. And so finally, we see a love that seeks us, a love that finds us, we see a love that stays with us, but we also see a love that gives to us. Kids, you know this verse, John three sixteen. what is it?
That's awesome. That's great. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. It's out of God's love that he gives and gives and gives and gives. See, God does not, God does not take. God does not want to take away the things that, that are from him that he's given because you are his child. No, but God wants to give because God is love. Anything that God takes, it is for the purpose of his love being able to fill. Because God so loved the world that he gave. Out of his love, he gives us nourishment and provision. Out of his love, he gives in such a way that his, in his kingdom economy, life is turned upside down, which we see again in Isaiah 11, that he does not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. I mean, we read about this in what we refer to as the Beatitudes. See, out of his love, he gives blessing to the poor. Out of his love, he gives comfort to those who are mourning. Out of his love, he gives an inheritance to the meek. Out of his love, he gives nourishment to those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Out of his love, he gives mercy to those who are merciful. Out of his love, he gives a glimpse of the holy to those who are pure in heart. Out of his love, he gives the name child of God to those who make peace. Out of his love, he gives a taste of the kingdom to those who are persecuted. See, to those who feel like they don't fit or belong or have value, God gives space and opportunity and possibility, and he provides a community and worth and dignity. For God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave his one and only son, God holds nothing back because he is a God of love. See, the promise of Advent is that God is actually with us, and it's because he is with us, we know that he has found us. We know that he stays with us, and we know that he continues to give to us. That is just who God is, and he is extravagant, and he is prodigal with the way that he loves, absolutely ridiculous in the way that he loves. Out of his love, he gives, and that giving renews and restores. Colossians 1, verses 15 through 22 puts it this way, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. 
And you, who were once estranged and hostile in mind doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his fleshly body through death so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him. That is what God has done. Amen. Because God loves, he gives. And in his giving, it begins to restore and renew and reconcile. And that is why the second half of Isaiah 11 is actually possible. It gives us a crazy vision of what the future could be like because out of his love, relationships have been reordered. The way that people are with one another, the way that creation is with itself, it is reconfigured, reimagined, and this is what we get. Verse 6, the wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. I just need to read that again. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Oh my word, that is incredible news. Everything has been reimagined because God's love finds us, stays with us, and it gives to us. Relationships have been reconfigured. Things are the way they are supposed to be. Enemy is not a word we know. Fear, it is not something that will rule us. Danger, not in the presence of God who has come to us in Jesus and where there is no more death and no more tears. I mean, this is the good news of Advent, that God is actually with us, and because that is true, we know that he loves us. And out of his finding, staying, and giving love, we are a people who have the opportunity to be transformed by it. To be overwhelmed by it. The danger of these words or talking about this is we think we already know. But I promise you, I will keep repeating this over and over and over again. Because this is, there, is no better, there is no better thing than that God loves us that he gave to us and that he's broken the bondage and the chains of sin and death that he's called us children that we are his delight I mean this is what we've been given this is what we've been told this is the message that we have for the world that perfect love casts out fear. Thanks be to God that God is a one who loves and who loves in such a way that he finds us, that his love stays with us, and that his love gives to us.
So here's what we're going to do now. We're going to have an opportunity in just a couple moments for you to bear witness to the way that you've experienced or encountered God's love in the way that it finds, stays, and gives. And so here's the question. How have you experienced God's love? How have you experienced God's love? I'd like to invite the worship team up now. They're going to, they're going to sing um, and lead us in worship. And during that space, I'd love for you to consider this question and to think about the ways or the things that you might have to share. And then after that song, I'm going to come back up and then we're going to have an open mic time, which is always dangerous. Just naming it, because it's true. It's, you never know what you're going to get. But I'm trusting it's going to be good. And we're going to actually bear witness together to God's love as you've experienced it, as you've seen it, so that we might then again be reminded that, that it is actually true, that God is actually with us, with us in a way that we can then experience his love. So be thinking about this question, how have you experienced God's love, a love that finds, stays, and gives? So let us... Continue in worship, and then I'll come back up and lead us in that space. <laughs>